0: Kent Online News.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.
0: Lucy Hickmott. It's Tuesday the 28th of January. Coming up, taxpayers' money to be spent on new railway station.
2: We are already underutilising our existing stations, all seven of them. Why add an eighth? Where's Where's the benefit?
0: We hear from MEP ahead of Brexit.
3: We're going to be saying goodbye to good friends, and Europe will be weaker without Britain, and Britain will be weaker without Europe.
0: And Kent, home to second best gastropub in the UK.
1: We don't have a chain of restaurants or pubs or something. You know, this is the place that we pour all our effort and our ideas and our love into.
3: Kent Online News
0: plans to build a controversial new railway station in kent have taken a step forward the county council's decided to contribute almost 18 million pounds towards the thanet parkway project you'd be able to get between the station in Cliffsend near manston and london in around an hour kcc say it'll improve connectivity and support economic development in the area but some residents have described it as a waste of money kieran's been speaking to ramsgate representative councillor paul messenger who's disappointed with the decision
2: The only uh, support I could see in terms of the Cabinet in in their statements regarding the survey was that there there is business support for Parkway. Well, of course, Discovery Park um, will see this as an infrastructure um, benefit to them for any particular employees that want to come in by train. But you've got to remember as well that KCC are paying for an extension to Sandwich Station for the open and therefore... Seeing stat Sandwich Station as a strategic part of Sandwich's um, network uh, rail links. So, why all of a sudden parkways can become a saviour to Sandwich as well, again, um, I-, I can't see that. Um, so, yes, on a wider thing, on a national front, Grant Shapps last week promised the North. The Transport Secretary? Yeah, probably the Transport Secretary for the D- Department for Transport, um, the Minister. He uh, said that to, uh, on television that he is going to be investing many, many millions um, of, of government money into uh, the Northern rail um, problems that exist between Leeds and Manchester. And in order to uh, say, probably thank you for the voters up there, and also to make sure that the uh, Northern Rail power house that they, everyone's always uh, wanting to uh, push forward, is, is delivered. And then underneath the radar, a Conservative-led county council is going to spend £35 million of taxpayers' money on a project that probably is not needed. And that is a bit of a slap in the face for our our northern friends whilst they're expecting their rail investment up there. So um, I'm overall disappointed. I'm going to carry on trying to uh, oppose this particular project. And I'm also pretty disappointed that the Select money of £14 million, if it's not um, absorbed into this project and the thumbs up given to CELEP, um, it's seen as some sort of um, a problem in future um, a- approaches to CELEP for other projects in Kent. So, therefore, Parkway's got to go ahead in order to save face with CELEP. Sorry. And so. Um, um, yeah, it's, yeah it's, that was a point that Councillor
4: Roger Goffin yeah. made. He said that the credibility of the council was at stake if they didn't go ahead with the with this particular project in line with CELEP, which is a Southeast Local Enterprise Partnership, but also local businesses. But you, as, as you made there, the point you made there is they seem to be ignoring the views of residents then. Even though they say 45% of residents support it, that means that 55% are
2: either against it or they're not really sure. Yeah, and also what is more important and more... Uh, um, delivered from this survey and the previous survey in 2017 is that both surveys have said that only 34 percent of the survey participants will use the station so where is the uh, customer base even from the surveys also um, there was a point made in cabinet about trying to get people out of cars and onto rail but we've got to remember that this is a station that's going to be built with a 300-strong capacity car park where its specific design built in the middle of agricultural fields without any real conurbation next to it, apart from Cliffs End Village, is that everyone is going to have to get in their car to go and catch a train. And furthermore, there's only 19 electric charging points in a 300-strong car park. So whilst we're throwing a big party about, oh yeah, we're gonna be getting people out of cars in once Parkway um, is-, is delivered, it's not the case because everyone will need to be traveling there in their cars. And furthermore, in- because of the cost constraints, the actual access entrance and exit of the station is on one carriageway of the a229 um, hengist way so thereby adds the other problem is that if anyone's wanting to use this at the station from dover sandwich birchington or westgate they come in and have to go up to the Lord and the Manor tra- uh, roundabout traffic light system, go all the way round it to come back down on the other carriageway in order to access the station the three hundred strong car park station, so it is an absolute pig 's ear as far as that 's concerned in terms of the planning and deliverance of of customers to to this station and i 'm hoping that the planning that goes is, is now um, the planning approval is now destined to be deliberated upon in May, um, we can do some work um, in the meantime um, with regarding perhaps whether there's predetermination happening now regarding the planning because of the survey and because of this cabinet decision. Um, it's really forcing the planning um, approvals hand because they've cast their, their vote on it now, today. Yeah.
4: So for you the next point then what so although you said planning's the next stage
2: what actually actions are you thinking of taking next? Yeah, the leader said subject to planning approval and planning approval is usually in a in a domain in a political domain where there's no predetermination but in terms of today and that and that's a legal requirement. And so I'm not sure whether today's events constitutes predetermination of a planning approval.
4: Which is something that you'll be looking to explore, no doubt.
2: Yeah. Okay, and just final points then.
4: They actually talked about a survey in which um, they they asked the question, whether, whether what benefits do you see from this station? Do you, did, you, did you find a single benefit, they asked residents, which they said around 68% of a, of a small sample size said yes. Can you yourself actually find a single benefit of Fannett Parkway Station?
2: No, because there are seven or existing stations in Thanet and if people can't walk, cycle or bus or taxi to seven stations already. And also you've got to remember that I've done some research as well nationally. Rail, uh, uh, One station, one UK station has an average usage of 64,000 rail users per annum. Now Thanet's population is presently 140,000. You divide seven into 140,000 you'll get something like fifteen or 16,000. So we are already underutilising our existing stations, all seven of them. Why add an eighth? Where's, where's the benefit to an eighth? Unless it's for a benefit for future housing stock or future housing residents, which is, if you see the catchment area that they've drawn round Parkway as the proposed catchment area, you'll see that it's mostly green fields. So they're expecting for, Parkway, in order to become viable with a customer base that it has to have housing built next to it to attract housing development into what is a, pin- a pinched peninsula anyway. Kent Online reports.
0: Despite concerns from a Kent MP, the government has announced it will allow Huawei to have a limited role in the UK's new 5G network. Tunbridge and Mauling rep Tom Tuggenhart, who's former chair of the Foreign Affairs Select Committee, raised concerns about the company's links to the Chinese government and the possibility of them being able to spy on Britain. Britain. Boris Johnson met with the National Security Council earlier to discuss it. It's been decided the firm will be excluded from contributing equipment towards core parts of the system and from sensitive geographic locations, including military bases. A doorman who almost killed a man outside a nightclub in Dover has been jailed for 20 months. Martin Fian attacked the victim at the Funky Monkey in October 2018, suffocating him unconscious, dragging him into a puddle and punching him. The 51-year-old from Clarendon Street in the town pleaded guilty to actual bodily harm. A damning report on smart motorways says lives could have been saved if safety measures had been put in place while they were being built. Work's continuing to convert part of the M20 into one, but there are growing concerns about how dangerous they are. There have been 38 deaths on smart motorways in five years. You can let us know how safe you think they are by voting in our poll at kentonline.co.uk. A woman's been taken to hospital after being hit by a van in Tunbridge Wells. Police and ambulance crews were called to the Pantiles at quarter past six this morning. That was just three days to go until Brexit, we've been speaking to one of the Kent MEPs who'll be losing their job. Anthony Hook was elected in July last year and on Friday he unveiled a big flag on the White Cliffs of Dover saying we still love EU. He's been telling Paul Francis what the role's been like. It's been a
3: hugely rewarding experience. As an MEP I've been able to take up all sorts of issues for local people in Kent and the wider south-east whether it's action to beat cross-border crime, action to protect our environment. And I try very hard to uh, bring about a situation where people were given a further say and the option to stop Brexit. And I come back with a huge amount of goodwill and ideas and inspiration from all the people I met and worked with in Brussels. And do you you
1: think... um you were valued as uh, members of the European Parliament when, you know, obviously people saw the UK as heading for the exit door and perhaps might not have taken you as, as, seriously as, as seriously as other members. Well,
3: UK Liberal Democrat MEP sat with colleagues from 23 other countries and I know that we were hugely valued by them. We're going to be saying goodbye to good friends and uh, Europe will be weaker without Britain and Britain will be weaker without Europe. I saw that if MEPs engage and play a constructive part, they could be really influential in EU decision-making.
1: What do you think are the prospects of the UK in time, reconsidering its uh, position on being a member of the EU?
3: I I think that Britain will rejoin the European Union in due course. I think the arguments for membership are really strong and will become stronger and support for the EU is strongest among working-age people. And I think that in a few years, if they're given the chance to, to reconsider what's happened, people will want us to be in Europe with all the opportunities that goes with that.
1: That, that is something which potentially has uh, carries a risk of being another divisive de- debate. Do you think the UK is going to be ready for that? Do you think people would would
2: relish that?
3: Yes, because I think that in a few years, when there's a change of government, And if the government wants to start a a conversation about this, people will be very ready for new economic opportunities that rejoining Europe would bring, uh, ready to increase our prosperity, ready to undo damage that Brexit will bring. And ready for us to have more influence in the world which we'll have as a member of the EU. Kent Online News.
0: Education bosses have ruled a gravesend school failed in its duty of care and needs to address safeguarding standards after a child was repeatedly bullied and threatened with violence. A report from the Department of Education found a pupil at Holy Trinity Primary had become increasingly distressed after a series of alleged attacks on him in 2017. It also says the school missed opportunities to take appropriate action. The assistant head says measures have been put in place to ensure the safety and well-being of all pupils. Data seen by KMFM shows almost £200 million of income was generated by the Dartford Crossing last year. More than a third of that came from fines, with around 5% of drivers not paying the dart charge. The government had promised to scrap the tolls once the cost of building the bridge had been paid for. That happened in 2002, but the fee's now been made permanent. Police have searched more than 200 people and made 17 arrests following complaints of thefts and people fighting in Maidstone. A dispersal order was in place over the weekend with 11 people being moved from the town centre. It's understood there are plans to spend millions moving Canterbury City Council to a new headquarters. The current base is in Military Road, but it's understood the authorities looking at a new site on the windcheap industrial estate. While they're staying tight-lipped about the cost, opposition councillors say they've been made aware it could reach as much as £12 million and are urging it to be carefully thought through.
1: Kent Online reports.
0: A county lines drug dealer who was caught with cocaine, heroin, cash, and a starter pistol in Gillingham has been jailed for four and a half years. The 25-year-old tried to run away from police in October last year but got stuck while climbing over a fence. Satisfaction among rail passengers in Kent has increased according to new survey results. Transport Focus says 81% of southeastern passengers were satisfied with the overall journey, up 1% on last spring and 3% on the previous autumn. The organisation says the small improvement is nothing to celebrate, while the industry body, the Rail Delivery Group, puts the rise down to investment in the network. A co-op near Sittingbourne that was destroyed in a fire is due to reopen this week. The blaze at the shop in Upchurch last April is thought to have been caused by an e-cigarette being charged. The new one should be up and running by Friday. A Kent pub has narrowly missed out on being named the best gastro pub in the UK. More than 400 gastro pub owners, food writers, and industry experts have voted to decide the top 50, with five from the county making the list. The sportsman in Sea Salter has been ranked second. Earlier, I spoke to chef and owner Stephen Harris.
1: We have won it four times, um, and this is the fourth time we've come second. So, in the last eight years, we've been number one or two. So the most exciting thing is that people haven't got bored with us and that we're still, um, you know, we're still up there because that's, uh, you know, uh, you know, that's a hell of an achievement to sustain this for eight years. So, yes, it was the best result we could have possibly hoped for.
0: And what's different about The Sportsman? Why has it been in this list so many times? And like you say, over eight years, it's been up there.
1: I think there's a few things. I think one is that um, I've got... Uh, me and the team of people that I work with we've got Dan who's my head chef who's worked with me for 20 years Um, we've got uh, Shelly, Emma, Grace who run the front of house brilliantly I've got really great chefs who um, cooked at the um, awards last night uh, yesterday and um, that's one thing so a great team of people um, consistency of staff over the years and I think most important maybe is the fact that this is, this is my only place. Me and my brother Phil, we don't have a chain of restaurants or pubs or something. You know, this is the place that we pour our, our, all our effort and our ideas and our love into. Um, and we're not trying to make a chain or make a big, you know, uh, make a big buck or anything like that. We just pour it all into this one business. And I think people appreciate that.
0: And do you think that makes a difference, especially for local people? Obviously, here in Kent, you hear a lot of people talking about going to the sportsman for perhaps a special occasion. Do you think people are more inclined to go there because it isn't one of these big chains?
1: I think so. I think that, um, I mean, this is my personal opinion. I mean, some people like the safety of a big chain. You know, that's why McDonald's does so well. Is because people recognise that you you will get what you expect. Um the sportsman we're slight obviously we're trying to do something individual and unique and we try to avoid all the kinds of signs of kind of corporate corporate you know ness creeping in so it's very individual uh, some people dislike that i should say that some people don't like individual uh, you know places with character they prefer the blandness of a corporate place and, and that's fine that's why there's a market of multiple different Um, pubs and restaurants and things like that so there's something for everybody but we're very keen on being uh you know individual and attention to detail very high standards and if as, as seems to be the case people like that then great
0: and there's a few other Kent pubs in this list as well. Obviously, Sportsman is the highest up. Um, do you think there is a future for gastropubs, and will people still want to be going to these places in ten, twenty years' time?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, you know, people have been going to pubs since. Uh, you know, there's a guy. Called, uh, there was a French chef from seventeen, from the eighteenth century, about 1760, released a book at a pub called the White Heart in. I think it was in Sussex somewhere and uh his name was William Verrill and he wrote a, his recipe book in the 1760s uh of pub food um of you know by a pub chef uh so you know it's been going since then I mean I could go back even further the first Restaurant in London, I think, was uh, was a, was an inn, a pub, the Pontax Head. So, no, gastropubs is just the modern term, and a, and not a very nice one because it sounds a bit like gastroenteritis. So, um, I think that we what we are is a gastropubs were a kind of a trend that started in London, and it was a trend doing kind of cool Mediterranean food on grills, like the Eagle, like the Lansdowne, places like that. Those started. An idea, but actually, out of London, we've always had really good dining pubs, for want of a better word, and we're just part of that tradition. And yes, of course, it will carry on. And um, you know, we've got we're lucky because Kent, we've got the Kentish hair, we've got the compasses, uh, the dog at Wingham got in in the first time this year, and the Four Arms and ourselves. So there's a big yes people love i think english people feel comfortable going out to a pub more so than they do going out to a restaurant if you go into a pub you know that the worst that can happen is you have to buy a half to have a look at the menu whereas you walk into a restaurant you're never quite sure how much you're gonna it's gonna cost you and they're very good some restaurants that kind of the bill creep you know it creeps up much higher than you thought uh so that doesn't happen in pubs you get what you pay for
0: that's very true. And it is a more comfortable atmosphere, isn't it, for all all kinds of different occasions.
1: Yes, that's right. That's what we—that's what my personal thing, this began for me in 1993 with a meal at a posh restaurant with two Michelin stars in uh, Park Lane. And I thought as I was eating this meal, why do you have to come to Park Lane and spend a fortune to have food this good? Surely food this good should be you know accessible and even so since 1992 93 i've been thinking why don't we why why not do food of this quality but where you don't have to dress up put on a jacket and a tie um and all that kind of stuff to get food in those days the, the best food was in the most expensive restaurants but you know once, once you know how to cook a piece of meat piece of fish make a good sauce cook some vegetables you can do great food uh, anywhere Kent Online Showbiz.
0: Film crews have been spotted at a former army training camp in Medway. Lorries of equipment have been seen heading towards Lodge Hill Barracks in Chattenden near Strood. It's thought the site's being used as a location for the TV series Pennyworth, a spin-off of the Batman franchise focusing on the origin story of Bruce Wayne's butler Alfred. And Jax Jones, Rudimental and Reton have been announced as the support acts for a new festival in Kent. that will be joining headliners Fatboy Slim and Madness at High Tide in Margate to mark Dreamland's 100th anniversary. Tickets go on sale on Friday. That's it for now, but don't forget you can go to kentonline.co.uk for more news throughout the day.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.